Shazam? My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. I am the Flash. Truth. Justice. The American way. I'm vengeance. Hello and welcome to Elseworlds, a DC fan podcast. My name is Jordan. Uh, with me today, as always, is Chris. How are you, take Chris? You know, I'm recovering from a cold. Hopefully I don't cough too much on this. You know, I'm going to try to speak it more of a monotone, keep it at bay. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm starting to feel a little normal. Good. Good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, I know we recorded last week and you were you know, coughing a lot. So good to hear that you're uh, feeling better or on the path. I'm on the path. I'm still coughing way too much. It's, it's a problem. Yeah. Isn't that annoying? (laughs) All right. So today we're doing comic recommendations and uh, we've kind of decided that we were going to, you know, uh, do some of these recommendations without them being things that we've like covered in depth on here already. Uh, you know, in in my mind, I was staying away from things like Flashpoint, which we've covered. Um, you know, uh, stuff like that, Long Halloween, because I feel like those are like ones everybody kind of heard, has heard of. So the way I kind of did it, uh, we each came up with five, is I kind of thought about like different uh, characters and kind of picked one that, you know, like I have you know, like a, uh, maybe there's like a flash comic. Maybe there's a Batman comic, a Superman comic and like a JSA or JLA, you know what I'm saying? Like I tried to do like different things to, um, highlight different characters and not just be like, well, I'm going to go with new 52 flash and I'm going to go with rebirth flash and I'm going to, you know, like, or, you know, I'm going to go with Superman, this thing, and then go with Superman, this thing. So we're not trying to cheat this to make yeah. it a short, boring episode. Right, right. So uh, w- what we'll do is we'll go ahead and um, each give, you know, back and forth. And then we'll kind of explain why we picked it, uh, why we like it type of thing. And uh, and that'll be it for today. So uh, do you want to go first, Chris, or do you want me to go first? You can go first. It doesn't matter. Okay. So I am going to go with, first things first, I've, I've said I've been reading this. Just finished it recently, but it is Flash and Green Lantern, The Brave and the Bold by Mark Wade, Tom Pyre, uh, Barry Kitson, and Tom Grinberg. I got the deluxe edition, uh, which doesn't work with my green screen because of Green Lantern there. But uh, I wanted to read something from this because uh, deluxe edition is pretty cool. It tells you it has like a little intro by Mark Wade and want to kind of read some of this intro because it's it's why I think he is you know still writing comics today and why he's still uh, a, a very popular writer so you know uh, it says here you know first came the life story of the flash in 1997 it was a special graphic novel I've talked DC into letting me do a detailed text heavy chronology 
A Chronological History of Barry Allen, The Silver Age Flash. I told DC I wanted to write it because it tied into a storyline I was then writing in the main Flash series. But the truth is I wanted to write it because it would mean that I could spend weeks doing something I love more than just about anything. Gathering together a ton of old comic books into a giant pile and then diving through them like a porpoise. Uh, We knew nothing of several key events in Barry's life. For instance, how he met his wife-to-be, Iris West, or what their first date was like. And I had a blast telling those stories for the first time. And in doing so, however, I made an ironclad rule to myself. Violate nothing previously published. To prep, I read and took notes on every Barry Allen story ever and everything, and I mean everything. I could find out about Barry's early days. Everything I could find out about Barry's early days went into my manuscript. A college friend mentioned in one story in 1974, the exact date and time Flash got his powers, April 23rd at 6.14 p.m., as referenced only once in 1982. His college alma mater, Sun City University, Mentioned briefly in two stories from 1961 and 1978. Everything. It was my favorite job ever. As someone who came to DC fandom during the Silver Age of Comics, i become obsessed with continuity as a kid, compiling lists and maps of DC characters and timelines, and how they all might fit together to form a relatively cohesive universe. And while I say as a kid, that obsession never abated. Call it fanish behavior, call it a deep love for a fictional reality, Call it a compulsion to impose order on chaos. All I can tell you is that I've spent more time than anyone you will ever meet trying to mentally reconcile DC's various Atlantis colonies, Martian civilizations, and Kryptonian historical accounts stretching all the way back from 1940s to today. If I'd been half as interested in real-world history in 8th grade, Miss Lautner wouldn't have hit me with that B-. Uh, Once Life Story was published, I realized to my horror that it hadn't scratched an itch. It had released the Kraken. I wanted to do something like that again. Organize as much DC history as I could around some new story. With co-writer Brian Augustin, I tackled JLA Year One, a comprehensive history of the early days of the Justice League. Had a blast. Needed another fixed. And when my buddy, writer Tom Pyre, reminded me that Flash and Green Lantern shared a long and storied friendship, I drafted him to co-write the work you're holding in your hands right now. It establishes for the first time in six brand new tales what really made Barry Allen and Hal Jordan best friends. Unlike JLA year one, Tom and I elected to spin this story in six chapters over several years, but we vowed to adhere to the same rule. Treat all previously written stories falling in between as sacrosanct. This required a continuity roadmap, and to prove it, not only will I give you an issue-by-issue commentary, I'll show you the math. And then there's this whole page about all of the references pretty much that are made in these six issues to stuff that's happened in continuity. And I just wanted to highlight that. I know there's a long read there. That was worth it. That was pretty awesome. Mark Wade's the man. That was pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I wanted to highlight that because I think that he is, you know, um, one of my favorite writers and the fact that he takes this stuff seriously, the fact that he was writing this stuff and thinking, I don't want to, you know, overwrite anything that's ever happened before. That's kind of like the way I think I would approach it. If I was a writer, I would try to like really dive into, you know, everything has happened, you know, and not like doing a, a whole new spin of something on my own. 
you know, some people will like doing it that way where they like spin the story their own way. You get something like ultimate Spider-Man, which is a whole different mythology than, than the regular six one six. But I really liked that, you know, Mark Wade was just like, let's do this and we're going to do it right. And we're going to study and we're going to make references. Like the fact that he just knows what date and time Barry was struck by lightning, you know, it is only referenced once, you know? So he really dove in there to find that information. And I think that really shows when you're reading this comic, even as somebody that's not as familiar like me with all of the back history, it's just, you can tell when something is like delicately placed and like he said, he they've put these episodes in moments of time. So in one issue, it's like right when they first meet. And then there's another issue where it's after Iris's death, right? Or one issue is when Wally's Kid West, uh, Kid Flash, you know? So there are like these six issues kind of all spread out through decades of the stories. And uh, Mark Wade's the best. I, I'm just going to say, go read this book if you can. I, I It should be on the um, DC Infinite app as well. Dude, way to knock it out of the park to start the show. That's pretty awesome stuff. And it kind of reminds me of what James Gunn says about being custodians of these characters, being, you know, really respectful to what's come before. And you know, that's part of, you know, I like it when fans are the ones who are doing the creation. That's really cool stuff. So, knock it out of the park, dude. Um, that's a tough act to follow. I feel like, uh, I feel a little bit like Brian Billick after Ray Lewis just danced out of the tunnel. Be like, how do I follow that? Um, I'm going to start out with Batman the Imposter. And this is by Mattson Tomlin, Andrea Sorrentino, and Jordi Belair. Um, first off, it's got one of the coolest covers. And the art in this is fantastic. What I like about this is the paneling of this story is so unique and it's like these epic pages almost almost uh just really unique uh trying to i'll try to find it's probably not going to show too great on the screen but some of the the choices they make in here for paneling well, this is an awesome, awesome page right here. These splash pages right here. But the it's just something you have to see. But what I love about this is, you know, it starts off, you know, with Bruce Wayne as Batman falling, basically falling into Leslie Tompkins' office. And she's like, holy crap, Bruce Wayne is Batman. He's about to call the cops. He's unconscious. She patches him up and she makes him a deal. You're going to come here at dawn every morning and tell me what happened. Or I call the police and tell them that you're Batman. And while this is going on, there's an imposter Batman who starts killing people. And Batman has to figure out who the imposter is. Stop him. I then... He just happens to fall in love with a detective that is trying to find Batman. So, um, a very interesting story. Lots of the parts weaving into it. Um, it's it's a short read, uh, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's got a feel like 
2022's The Batman, the movie with Robert Pattinson that Matt Reeves directed. In fact, it's at one point was supposed to be directly tied to the movie, but I believe, but they made it so it's not. But this is the closest thing to Robert Pattinson's Batman you will find in the comics. Very similarly styled. And, you know, Bruce Wayne's kind of unhinged. He doesn't know, you know, he gets beat up in this movie. He gets bloody bruises. The He, he almost doesn't make it a couple times. This is a very realistic, gritty Batman. And if you're a fan of great art with shadowy, dark Batman themes, uh, this is the book for you. All right. Yeah, I've not read that. I've heard good things, though. So I'll have to I'll have to jump into that. I didn't really know what it was about. So that's uh, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to go with a little lighter story here. Uh, I'm going to go with the original Dan Jurgens run of Booster Gold. Uh, this is issue 11 of it, but uh, just a fun, fun read. I, I'm like probably on issue 17 or 18 of this, but I took a break from it. Uh, but, you know, it is if you're in if you're interested in learning about Booster Gold and you're looking forward to the TV show or whatever, I recommend reading the original Dan Jurgens run at this time. And uh, it, you know, it kind of starts off like right away, I would say. And then there's like an episode, there's like a episode, an issue, I don't know, three run, you know, three story arc issue or whatever. It kind of shows how he became to be Booster Gold, you know, in his future coming back in the past. There's also a nice arc with Superman in there as well. Um, so definitely recommend that because it is uh, so much fun getting to see, you know, and they're not like super light, I would say. Like, uh, there's still stakes and there's um, some really, you know, I wouldn't say dark, but, you know, like some very interesting stories he's not like a full jokester. Like I think some people think he is, uh, but it's just fun to read a story about a guy who was never a hero. He was, you know, a football star who is playing hero in the past and his heart's in the right spot with that. But, you know, uh, some people like Superman uh, kind of think that he's a little bit of a screw up and not, you know, not doing, um, you know, not doing anybody any favors. So there's some friction there in that Superman arc with him where, you know, you can tell that Booster is really trying. And uh, at some point, I think Superman does come around. But it was a uh, a very fun story to read. I'm going to keep on diving into that. Then there's like a Jeff Johns run, of course. And a Dan Jurgens, I think, wrote some of that, too. It was like early 2000s, like 2006 or something. But yeah, Booster Gold's a lot of fun, and I uh, highly recommend reading that original run. All right. Uh, I knew Booster Gold was getting in, in here, president of the Booster Gold fan club you are. So I like that. You know, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I think Booster Gold is an awesome character. The more I read a Booster Gold, the more I like of him. Just a silly, awesome character. So, um, and you know, there's a little more heart to Booster Gold the more I'm fighting. I'm going to dive into this big one right now. Batman Nightfall. Biggest trade paperback you're ever going to see. Batman Nightfall's trade paperback. And this is volume one. 
because there's three volumes and they're all about this thick. Um, it is one of the biggest Batman stories you will read. This is the one where Bane breaks Batman's back. And, you know, Bane sets everybody out of Arkham Asylum and one by one makes Batman stop all the bad guys. So it's awesome in the sense that you get all of the rogues gallery in the story. It's It almost has that Jeff uh, Jeff Loeb feel to it where it all of the all of them into the story and so it's, it's got that every Batman story has amazing villains but Bane is Batman's physical superior he's smart he's not dumb in this I love it and you you also get you know Bane's background and that's pretty awesome and then when Batman's back gets broken. Jean-Paul Valley takes over as Batman, and he becomes this sinister, evil, unhinged Batman without any of the control or discipline that makes Bruce Wayne such a good Batman. They, it was basically, in the 90s, there was this push to make Batman more like the Punisher. Well, this story is basically saying, are you sure you want that? Because we're going to make... Batman, the most violent, vicious thing you've ever seen, and you're not going to like it. And lo and behold, they were right. And they dragged it out. It's a very long story. There's three volumes of it, but it is one of the definitive Batman stories. And one of the reasons Dark Knight Rises annoys me so much is because I revere this story so damn much. One of the earliest Batman adventures I took, like I had read some trades, but one of the biggest dives into a, like, a story that long it was my first big dive into a massive story. I mean, there's an omnibus that collects all of it. That's like gigantic. It's it's one of the classic stories. It's very 90s, but you get a good bit of Bane. You get a good bit of Joker. You get a good bit of everything in there. So I highly recommend Nightfall. It's definitely a product of its time, but it's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, this is one I've never taken the adventure into reading yet, and uh, I think one thing that's holding me back is how long it is. Um, right? Like, I, I feel like... Uh, how many issues do you know for the whole thing? All right, so I don't off the top of my head, but uh, let's see. This collects Batman Nightfall Volume 1, Batman uh, Vengeance of Bane Special Number 1, Batman 491 to 500, 650, uh, Detective Comics 659 to 66, Showcase 93, 7 through 8, Batman Shadow of the Bat 16 to 18, and you get the Shadow of the Bat, the DC, uh, the Detective Comics, um, and the Batman run uh, throughout all three volumes. And you even, in a couple of them, you get some Catwoman runs, uh, Catwoman stories in there. Okay. So, so it, I, it is huge. I just looked it up. 84 issues for the whole event. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big pretty big thing it took me a while to dig through it and 
it was like I was just lost in this book. It was like, yep, the world doesn't exist. It's a fun summer. That's what this book was. It was a fun summer. When, when I read it, it was a summer, and I was just like, all right, on to the next one, on to the next one. And it's only like 20 more than Flashpoint, which I read in like two weeks, but it just feels longer than Flashpoint. <laughs> some of these some of these are slogs. The problem is that in the middle of the story, it's just a little too much. In the middle of the story, it's kind of a slog. You get a little too long without Bruce Wayne, and it... it it's hard to finish. I would say the first volume and the third volume are amazing. And the second volume, it starts out strong. And it's like, where are we going? Right, right. All right. Uh, I'll go third. My third one here, which is a one shot. So if you don't want to read 82 issues, you want to read one. Uh, it's called Superman Inc. I've talked about it on here before. It's just something I liked. But Elseworlds tale of Superman like not landing with the Kents uh, and he becomes like a basketball star, almost like Michael Jordan star where he's more than just, you know, the, the, the basketball, but he gets the nickname Superman due to the way that he plays basketball as well. And then he kind of, you know, it, it's, he creates a whole company around it. He's a little bit more stuck up. Uh, but this was written by, Steve Vance and penciled by Jose Luis Gar Garcia Lopez. But I think it's like early 2000s just, uh, or 1999. Very fun. What if story of what Superman would be like as a world famous athlete? Does he still end up becoming the hero? And it's funny too. Like Lex is in this as a rival billionaire to him who is trying to get, an, an NBA team to metropolis or, you know, whatever, like there's, there's things that kind of, uh, that they have their rivalry still, but it's in a different setup and stuff. So, uh, I highly recommend reading that. It's, it's probably a little, it is a one shot, but I don't think it's like 20 pages. It's probably more like 40 pages, you know, like a, like a little bit longer, but, uh, I had a blast reading that one and stuck with me after all this time. So I really recommend it. Nice. I am going to uh, transition. I was going to do a Superman story, and I'm going to still do a Superman story, but I'm going to say Superman's Secret Identity, if you ever read it. All right, so Superman's Secret Identity. He lives in a world in which Superman is just a comic book character. His name is Clark Kent. Because his name is Clark Kent... His parents gave him Superman-themed everything every birthday. It got to the point where it was a joke that he hated. Then he becomes an adult, and all of a sudden he has Superman's powers. He just wakes up in a field, you know, sleeps out in a field, wakes up. He's like, oh, crap, I have Superman's powers. Actually uh, gets set up on a blind date with a Lois. The whole story, Superman's story, happens in real life, basically. And he has to deal with the fact that Superman's real now. Uh, and it's a very interesting story. It's, you know, I was going to do Superman Red Sun, uh, but what you were just talking about reminded me of, you know, just the what if Superman didn't start this way. So I could have gone either way. 
um, Superman's secret identity is the one that I think I enjoy the most. That's an interesting, yeah, that's an interesting idea. I've never really heard of that. So that's, uh, I'll have to give that a read. Yeah, it's very subversive. And it's, it's one of those stories that it it's so cheesy to the point where it's like, yeah, because you know all the Superman stuff. But this is a world where Superman's just what he is in this world. He's right, just a right. character in movies, you know? He's got a comic book. That's cool. Uh, so my next one here is called Batman Beyond Neo Year. So this came out 2022, six issues, mini. Uh, it's now built, it's now led into either another mini or it's like a ongoing called like Neo Gothic or something. But, uh, you know, Terry McGinnis, uh, Batman Beyond here, which is uh, Neo Year is like, you know, this story of the city kind of being controlled by this AI type thing. And uh, he's having to pretty much take it down. I found it very interesting. If you're, if you're ever interested in Batman beyond from the cartoon, or you just want to read a Batman, like I was going to pick a Batman story for this. And I was like, let me think outside the box here. I did enjoy this one. Um, you know, just every week getting a new Batman Beyond story for those six weeks, uh, six months or whatever was really great. And uh, it's, you know, it, it's a interesting idea. Very like in this, I think Bruce has just died at the beginning of this from an event that was, I don't know, Future State maybe. It was an event I didn't read. But uh, so it kind of picks up from there, but also kind of goes on its own thing. I would say you don't need to have re read anything before this. You can kind of just jump in and learn what's going on. You know, this is a character that was created for a cartoon that has now become kind of like Harley Quinn, not as big as Harley Quinn, but, you know, transcended that to go in the comics and has had a few runs, a few runs in the comics ever since the creation of his um, TV show. And I really enjoy Batman Beyond because I feel like I've said this before. I feel like he is like the Peter Parker, the Spider-Man of the DC universe. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you if you are familiar with the cartoon at all, his dad dies. It's kind of like his Uncle Ben moment, right? He's hiding his superhero ways from his mom and his brother. Feels very like an Aunt May situation with that. He has a mentor, which isn't really a super a Spider Man type thing, but just like you know, so much. He's taking up a mantle. It's even almost like Miles Morales in that way, right? Like taking up a mantle of somebody that is. Uh, getting up there or has passed away etc and just how he has to juggle the thing that makes me always think peter parker with this is the way he has to juggle high school when he was in the show and in some comic runs right having to juggle high school having girlfriends do i have a a, a private life or do i have to give it up for the greater good it's very familiar to those spider-man themes and i think that's why it's hung like it why it's stuck with me and why it's stuck for a lot of people is it took a formula that works very well for Marvel and made it a DC thing on top of being a spinoff from a very popular Batman beyond and uh, Batman, uh, the animated series. So all that to say that kind of is all alluded to reference to in Batman beyond Neo year. Uh, if you're worried about AI and stuff, this is a story that might, 
you know, uh, feel very with the times, even though it's supposed to be in the future. But yeah, really enjoyed this one. That's cool. I love Batman Beyond. In fact, I think the best animated movie or one of the best animated movies is the uh, Return of the Joker, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. I think Batman Beyond is fantastic. Terry McGinnis, you can't get much better than that. And I really like what you said about the Spider-Man thing. It really does work that way. Um, that's a really good parallel. My next book is going to be what I def- I think is the definitive Harley Quinn story. I think it replaces Mad Love. It is a story told through Harley Quinn's perspective to the point where you almost root for her. You almost get it. You empathize with her. You un- her, her fall into madness doesn't make sense unless you read this book. Harleen and the deluxe hardcover. Now, if you take off the, the dust jacket, you, you get this, which is just chilling. Um, incredible art and you know it's her first taste of blood basically it's from one of the back panels and what's cool about this is i don't feel like i need to spoil anything because we know harley quinn's story we've just never been told harley quinn's story through harley quinn's eyes what's amazing about this is it's almost entirely told through harleen not harley harleen is becoming harley through the story and you could feel the way the joker manipulates her you can feel the way that the joker is the only thing in her life that makes her feel special seen and unique and everything everybody's basically rooting for her to fail and she's this optimistic psychiatrist who thinks she can fix the worst of the worst And she thinks she has a system of doing things. And she has success with some of the Arkham patients. She's actually really incredible. But you know what? She just can't get through to Joker. Joker gets through to her. uh, And, you know, it ends with her helping Joker escape and her first murder. And, you know, it's just the art in this book is the best art I've seen in any comic book. You know, sometimes when you see... Yeah, when you see... Is it all like the cover, or is it all different? So, here, I'll I'll see if I can show you some of the art if it comes across on the camera. But, like, it's it's realistic, but it's not realistic to the point where you forget you're in the comic book. No, it looks good. good. It's not like looking at a photograph... Sometimes when you read Lieber Mayo, for example, it's almost distractingly realistic. It's like looking at pictures and it takes me out of it a little bit. This sucks me into it because it's like the real world, but it's so there, there's a palette to it. It's um, the Joker is drawn here in a very interesting way because he's almost drawn charismatic and charming instead of like, we usually get the, Keith Ledger, disheveled, put no, the Joker in this is like her Prince Charming throughout the whole book. And, you know, there's a scene where um, I, I, I'm i trying to remember it because I, I was about to dive into this and then I read The Imposter instead because um, I, I read this a while ago. I've read, read it twice, though. There's a scene uh, where Bat, uh, the Joker 
has a gun basically pointed at Harley Quinn before she he even knows it's Harley Quinn. Just Harley's kind of introduced being introduced to Gotham crime. And uh she, he plays with her. Uh why didn't you shoot? You know, and he comes up with these really seductive, like like nice reasons. And but he he looks in this like you like I think Harley sees it. I don't think it's how he looks. I think this is he's drawn the way that Harley sees. So it's very interesting. I this sticks with me. It's also basically Harvey Dent's fall as well, tied in with this. Oh. You see you see Harvey Dent arguing with her, the DA Harvey Dent arguing with her, and then you get a little two faced stuff uh in here. There's a lot in here. And there's she has Harley has a talk with Batman on the top of GCPD trying to argue that she can fix the Joker, all this stuff. Uh, this sounds very Batman, familiar. Maybe I've read. I'll have to go back and see if I actually read this then. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's the story you've heard before. Right, right. But, but I mean, it's like done in such a different way that is making me really. I'll double check. Um, I mean, it is just. To me, it is. Oh, there's this whole poison ivy element to it, and ivy is drawn in probably the best way I've ever seen poison ivy. Um, mm. But yeah, there's there's so much to this book. I I just think you need to read it. Um, it is the next thing I'm diving into. I started diving into it. And then I started reading Superman, and then I started reading Batman the Imposter. I've actually read more comics in the last 48 hours than I have in the last two weeks. It's funny when you dive into it, and you're just like, oh, shit. Right. You know? But, um, yeah. Definitely recommend Harleen, because I think it's better than Mad Love. I think it's better than Mad Love by 100%. And Mad Love's special. I'm not trying to argue that that comic isn't great in the uh, animated episode isn't great either but it's it's something else um I, i'm glad that the art doesn't look like the cover fully the whole time because that would that would pull me out of it like you know which one i don't like the batman story is arkham asylum i i can't stand the art in that i am so glad you said that because i feel like i'm the only one who doesn't love that book i do not like the book either but the the art really pulls me out of it it was tough to get through I am so glad you said that because Arkham Asylum is a uh, book that I feel like I'm supposed to love. And I really, a Joker is creepy to the point where it almost feels like it, like, uh, or Saw is what I'm thinking of. Saw, it almost feels like, you know, it's yeah, yeah. so creepy to the point where it's, it's hard to an element I don't like to go. You have the weird Ar Jeremiah Arkham history uh, with the Arkham family. It's, you know, I do like what they did with Two-Face in that story where they gave him the eight-sided uh, die and he can't make a decision because he's got to roll it eight times. I think that's really interesting. Um, but there's elements to it I like. The art is very jarring and hard to get through. Yeah. All right. My last pick here is Justice Society, the New Golden Age. This is uh, 
the Jeff Johns run that's currently still going on right now. Uh, the first arc of it is over and they're starting to do new things, but uh, definitely recommend reading this, especially the first arc. If you're a fan of like time travel stories, this has uh, what Helena, uh, who is uh, Bruce Wayne and Catwoman's daughter from the future. She's part of the JSA. She gets blown back into the 1940s and is dealing with the other JSA while Per Dagaton, who is, you know, a villain and was actually in Legends Season 1? Legends Season 2? Uh, I think Season 1, Per Dagaton. And uh, th- he is going around hunting all of the JSA, and uh, she's trying to stop that from happening, along with other iterations of the JSA over time frames. So... A lot of fun. I really enjoyed this run, and I'm liking where they're setting it up for the next stuff. But um, I like Jeff Johns a lot. I like the JSA. They're very interesting. You know, when you get these, you know, they were the team before the Justice League happened. And for some reason, the Justice League took off way more. And now we always get these great stories of the JSA uh, in other you know, uh, other stories, but, uh, you know, having Dr. Fate in there, our man and Spectre and, um, you know, the original green lantern, Hawkman, star girl. There's a lot of good stuff in this to, um, get you in here. And she also sets up her own JSA team in the future. That has a very interesting lineup is all I'll say about that. So that was a lot of fun to witness, but, uh, yeah, I'm a big time travel nerd. So this was a, this was a win for me. That sounds so much fun. That sounds like it's so much fun. I have to read that. That sounds incredible. Uh, I really like the JSA stuff. I I find one of the things I liked about the Arrowverse is it sprinkled JSA stuff in here or there. That was actually the coolest part of the Stargirl stuff. I did watch season one of that show. I I, I want to really... watch it because I heard good things and it has the JSA. So I'm 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 looking yeah. forward to diving into that after the Arrowverse. I think. Yeah, there were some cool things about it. Once I, you know, season one of Star Girl, I actually was back in the beginning when it was DC Universe. I was a DC Universe subscriber when that was a thing for a little bit for streaming, um, and I watched that there, and I, I kind of fell off with Star Girl and then watched the rest of it. it you know, it had a bit of a kitty feel to it. I didn't necessarily click with a hundred percent, but that's a cool, cool thing. So I'm gonna have to check that out. My last recommendation: Batman TMNT. So this is by James Tinian. There's a couple of Batman Ninja Turtle ones. This is the one by Tinian. There's actually three trade paperbacks. I actually discovered this because I was in a bookstore. Not a comic book store, like a regular bookstore. And I saw this, the third one. And I said, wait a second, there's three of them? So I got the third one and then ordered the other two on Amazon because all they had was the third one at that bookstore. And this one's actually in a hardcover, the the third one. But, you know, you get Damien in here. You get the Ninja Turtles in here. You get Batman. You get some Ray's Al Ghul. You know, the the final... uh, of the trade paperbacks is kind of like a spin on crisis on infinite earths where, you know, you, 
the uh, turtle verse is going to, you know, stop being or something like that. It's 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 exciting. Um, the when the first one, the Ninja Turtles have a time limit before they get back into their world. Uh, and if they don't, the ooze will stop working and they'll just be turtles. So uh, they find the Batcave and Batman's like kicking their living butt. Like Batman destroys the turtles. And then he's like, okay, what do you want? And then he figures, you know, they work together. Uh, Alfred cooks a five-course meal and the turtles uh, make him go out for pizza. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, and Bruce Wayne even has a slice of pizza. So Wow. Uh, that yeah, Damien couldn't believe it either. So it it's a really good one. It was there's an animated movie. Yeah. For for this, I don't love the animated movie as much as I love the comics. Um, but it's not bad, not bad at all. I just think they made some choices in the animated movie that's like okay, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love Ninja Turtles. When I was a kid, Ninja Turtles were my thing. So to get Batman and Ninja Turtles together is one of my favorite scenes of this is the turtles are trying to determine whether they can work with Batman and Michelangelo is like doing like a little, uh, a little chart. And he's like, cool, Batmobile, not cool. He's mean (laughs) (laughs) kicked our butt. So um, uh, there's a really nice scene in here where, Batman takes Raphael to uh, Crime Alley and he talks about why he does what he does and he gets Raphael on board and in a way that is probably way more touching than you should get in a silly Batman Ninja Turtles crossover. It's a lot harder than this. I don't always love James Tinian. I think he's kind yeah, of a hit or miss. Huh? Yeah, he's a, he's a hit or miss Batman writer for me. But this was a hit. And the Ninja Turtles are drawn really freaking badass in this. Like, it is. They look tough in this, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, I've never read any of the crossovers for, like, that. Or uh, I know they did, like, a Justice League Power Rangers one. Um, I was big in the Ninja Turtles as a kid. And I had all the toys. Did you know that for the new movie, they came out and like reproduced the original line of toys? You can you can find them in the stores. No. Yeah, I almost got. Don't them. tell my <laughs> wallet that. My wallet is low, man. Yeah, I need this they look now. Great too. They they look like they come with the same accessories and everything. It's great. You're killing me, man. You're killing me. All right, so those are our five comic recommendations. Before we wrap it up. Uh, strike news real quick. Uh, the CEOs were in the meeting today with the WGA. Uh, I doubt anything comes of it today, but the fact that they're getting involved, I'm thinking hopefully by the end of the month, mid-October, somewhere around there, that this thing is done. Um, I finished watching season six of Legends, so we'll just do a quick brief Arrowverse update, probably be like five minutes. Uh, but I am so glad. Spoilers for people that have, so you can drop out if you haven't seen this. So glad John Constantine is gone. I was clapping. I was hooting and hollering. So you like Mushroom Constantine? 
Yeah, that was all right. But I was just like, there. you know what's funny is there was a time I was watching, like I watched like two episodes in a day or whatever, and then it was like, the next episode is another one about Constantine. And I was like, good Lord, I just got through one about him. And uh, it was the one that I think like started his whole like magic obsession and drinking the vial and stuff. And it was, it was not, not good for me. Not good for me. I'll say what I don't. Like. I did not like that storyline. I did not like that storyline one bit. So I'm with you. Yeah, on that. it was just so. Why? It's about the only thing in season six I really didn't like. Because other than that, I really had a blast. Well, yeah, my whole thing with season six is, um, is my least favorite legend seasons are the ones that uh, they have like a base of operations for a good chunk of the time. And they kind of had that with John Constantine's house in this season. And I didn't like how often they kept going back there. Season four with like having the characters in the actual time bureau slowed that season down for me. I like when they're all on, you know, uh, when they're all on the wave rider living together, having to get sick of each other. I think budget has a lot to do with it though, because I think the repetitive set of John Constantine's house yeah, but the like, Wave Rider would probably be a nice competi- uh, repetitive set. They wouldn't have to build a whole Constantine house. Yeah, but they did like five seasons of that. So? <laughs> it worked. Uh, it Fair. worked. Uh, I don't. I just don't really care for like some of those arcs that they were doing there. I, some of my episodes I did like. There was like uh, two I watched in a night that was <clears throat> a good twofer. Let me figure out um, what they were real quick. One was the episode where they're playing the board game and it becomes like real. That one's really fun. And the one right before that was another one I really enjoyed. I'm trying to load the episode list. It might be. Okay, here it is. Uh, Which was. Oh, the final frame is what it's called and it was this is loading so slow let me see if i can find okay that was the bowling episode yes the bowling episode yes that one was a lot of fun and board on board on board which was the board game one was a lot of fun um yeah those i've really liked i also like that this is gus right that's where they go into the past uh and are watching uh, Bayrod's favorite show and they have like the alien crash into there. That was a good string of episodes in season six. Um, and then that last three episodes really focuses a lot on the whole Constantine stuff. And, you know, I wish they could have done without that. I much preferred the Sarah, um, uh, Ava wedding storyline of those last episodes than, you know, the Constantine Zari stuff. Yeah, Zari 2 annoyed me a little bit, especially because I like Zari 1 so much. And Constantine, you know, I think the writers liked them more than you did, is all I can say there. I, there are times where it worked for me, and there were times where it didn't. Overall, Well, they I, probably I, really liked the actor, too, and that's yeah. probably why they bring him back as a different role, right? Because, like, you know... And he Matt, does really good at that. Yeah, Matt Ryan, like, a lot of times, like, characters will get these things where they start out as, like you know, just like a bit role. And then the writers and the people on set really get on with the guy a lot. And then they're like, let's keep writing them in. 
But then when they do that, they had to keep coming up with stuff. And for me, I legends, I like, he never really felt like a legend in the sense of he was always like off doing his own thing a lot of the times and was very anti-team a lot. Uh, so then him being more magic focused while the rest of the show was kind of centered around fixing time anomalies was like this weird balance. They tried to do it with like, oh, there's magical creatures or there's demons out there that we have to bring back. I'm just glad whatever it was when they got done. The season really picked up for me once Sarah reintegrated with the legends because you didn't have at one point you had Sarah, Mick and Gary separated from everyone else. And it was like, why? Right? Like, I I don't know why we did this detour in this part of the season. I just like these characters to be together, you know? Um, so always need more Sarah. I would always need more Sarah. I would probably put ratings of the seasons. Here we go real quick. Let's go two, three, one, five, six, four is how I Okay. I would probably go three, four, five, six, two, one. Interesting. I think they got great in season three. And I think from season three, I was completely bought in. At, at that point, I knew exactly what the show was. I knew there would be weeks where it was a little less amazing than others. Mm-hmm. But the highs of Legends are so damn high. And I I just had so much fun with Legends. Like I think one of the things that's great about Legends is that it's does, nothing matters. It, nothing matters. No rule matters. They can work themselves out of anything because it's just, let's have fun. I mean, we have a episode in this show where Sarah Lance is playing beer pong blind um, and kicking butt. I mean, we have an episode in the show where, um, you know, Ray Palmer is you know, changing the lyrics of uh, songs. It's, 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 this is, this is a wacky show. I miss, I miss a lot of the older characters. Um, So while I know the show ends on a cliffhanger, the good thing is a lot of my favorite characters have already been wrapped up. So I, I don't like, I'll probably just write up an ending in my head when it ends and be like, there you go. Can I make a suggestion? You don't have to follow up. This is my suggestion. Mm -hmm. Watch the episode before the season finale. It acts as a perfect series finale. And then they're like, fuck it. We're going to fuck with this. And we're going to go for this next season. And then you get that huge cliffhanger. And it's such a hard, just skip the last episode because I know you love Booster Gold and Donald Faison being introduced as Booster Gold was kind of interesting, but dude, just skip that. Skip I'm the not going to skip it. I'm watching every episode. If I'm watching all, right. all of Batwoman, I'm not skipping the last episode of Legends. But the, <laughs> honestly, I thought they were trying to give me the ending to the show 
They were and probably, then, yeah, they were probably. I in, think that was written as the end of the show. And then they're like, let's go for the next season, just in case. Yeah, and a lot of shows do that because they want them to force a renewal, but it can really backfire. Um, what I will say is this show understood its characters in a way that no show in the Arrowverse did. Um, it, this show loved its characters as much as we loved them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's So, yeah. Uh, I miss Legends. I've actually, I, I know my mom's been saying, we need to go back and watch Legends again, because it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm down. It's fun. You know, I I always think you need some Sarah Lance in your life, you know. It's... Or Rip Hunter. So I'm very excited for the nah, 100th you can, episode. You don't need Rip Hunter. I'm you really know? excited for the 100th episode because I heard so many characters like come back because it's like uh, it, it, yeah. in moments of time, like they're flashing back to moments of time at, that didn't like we never saw or something. Yeah, it's like in Gideon's brain. So yeah, it's, so I'm really excited perfect. to get to that. But next up on my list here is Armageddon Part 1 through five for no that's a lot of fun too that's a lot of fun i've heard they have looking forward to you yeah i heard it's a big crossover type thing with other characters uh especially ray palmer i heard is back in that so i'm very yeah it's it's one of those things where it's just like wow this is what the flash can be cool and then you get the rest of the season after it (laughs) unfortunately that doesn't live up to that level of the beginning and the end of that season are fantastic. I will tell you that. Um, yeah, my only complaints with what they're doing with Flash right now is like a lot of like when they try to do the graphic novel storyline of, you know, like here's five episodes that deal with this thing. And then we go on to another villain and then we go on to another villain. It feels a little like at times directionless uh, and at times it feels like with the forces and stuff like it was very, there was a lot of episodes in season seven where it was, we can't fight the bad guy. We have to show him the power of love. And it's like, or we can punch people like that's fine. That's what you do. You're a superhero. All right. It's a superhero show. And they talk down every bad guy. It got to the point where it's like after school special, Barney, you, I love you. You love me. Let's clean up together. Kind of bull crap. I was, I was done with it. Um, when the mirror woman is just like all of a sudden realizing that she's evil. Meanwhile, she has shown no contrition until that split second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Give me a break. I, the, the talking down of the bad guys gets on my nerves because sometimes you just want the flash to kick some butt. Right. I, it's, it's sometimes you want an irredeemable bad guy. So you don't have, a yes. unsatisfactory ending. All right, so we'll wrap it up here. Uh, we're about to go talk some Ahsoka, which we've already, I've uploaded that before this. But So if you're listening to this and you want to hear us talk episodes one through six of Ahsoka, we've been doing that weekly. That's over on the Pod Awakens. You can find that by just searching Pod Awakens on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And uh, make sure to leave us reviews here as well on on Elseworlds, or if you're listening to the to the Infinity Saga and Beyond feed, which also houses this show, make sure you rate and review us on Apple and Spotify. Uh, you can reach us at Elseworlds DC Fan. It's in all of the show notes and underneath the video description. So thank you all for watching, and we'll catch you next time.